0: Hey, we want to welcome you to the Teal Shirt Report podcast episode number, my goodness, 37, right? That's right. Episode show number 37 of the Teal Shirt Report podcast brought to you by Saucer Realty, Anchor.fm, simplest and easiest way to make a podcast with all those great creation tools from Anchor.fm. And for your real estate needs in North Florida, Saucerility, whether it's home or residential business, uh, commercial real estate needs, it's Saucerility. I talked to Larry yesterday and hey, we're going to be having lunch again real soon. So we'll probably have some, you know, some, some new listings out there for Saucerility. Uh, perhaps on the website, you can follow us at BigJReport.com. If you want to find the link to Saucerility, scroll our homepage down to the North Florida weather information. About the halfway through the weather, uh you'll find the link for saucer Realty where you can talk real estate with larry saucer check out his, his listings on the link we provide you at bigjreport.com also uh, one of our sponsors lake great internet radio where it's all good lake that's lake they have rock saturdays on saturday uh, Monday through Friday's uh, hits 2000s at night, Monday through Friday nights, and otherwise great, recognizable hits almost all the time, 24 7 at lakeyafalahits.com. Check them out, and you can follow us at bigjreport.com. And again, we're listening to in as many as 34 states now. Who are the newest states? Because Alex Nunnery and I were discussing this the other day. I know we're now listened to in Iowa, New Hampshire. Um, Arkansas is a, a new state. I guess we picked up listeners from, you know, in the past few episodes as well. Still a few more states to go, but uh, thank you for being here, whatever state you're listening in, or perhaps you're listening internationally, worldwide, uh, like the folks do in Northern Ireland. Andy Powers in the uh, the UK, uh, Wales, Newport area. Hello to everybody, especially Andy Powers um, at the Georgia near the Georgia Alabama border. Uh, Mad Max, our Georgia Bulldog football insider, and I keep getting information on Georgia that they are going to be favored this year to win the East after not winning it for the first time in a while last year. But it all goes through Jacksonville. Uh, with the Georgia-Florida, or Florida-Georgia game, if you will, uh, here in Jacksonville, Florida. Uh, Carson Beck, who goes to Georgia, he's from Jacksonville, Florida, won a state championship at Mandarin. I understand he had an incredible spring at Georgia. Looks like that we slated to be the backup quarterback, second string at this juncture at Georgia. We'll be getting more information from our Georgia Bulldog football insider, Matt Max. Of course, with me, I'm Scott, your host. I give you a lifetime of Florida Gator football, uh, during football season. Alex Nunnery, our big J uh, sports reporter. You know, he covers the Florida Gators, big Florida, Florida Gator guy. And of course, JC, one of our producers of the Till Shirt Report podcast and a freelance writer on our website at big J JC. He's an expert on Alabama football and in particularly the SEC western division today though we're going to talk about the quarterback room also we wanted to uh, talk for a moment about the uh, julio jones trade that i guess the jags were probably one of the teams in the mix but way down the line because first of all on this episode episode number 37 uh, we're supposed to talk about the quarterback room but what makes the quarterbacks happy are the wide receivers a lot right as well as the offensive line we chronicled the offensive line a few episodes ago as well check out our past episodes you'll find a lot because you go through our past episodes you're going to you're going to hear everything if you missed an episode check out our past episodes this is episode number 37 of season number 2 i had a guy on facebook i'm trying to remember it was, but they were talking about the three-headed monster, the top three Jaguars wide receivers, you know, DJ Chark, Marvin Jones, and of course, Labiska Chenault. Would we have liked to have had Julio Jones? Because if you trade for Julio Jones, he's your number one guy, right? I think we got three guys that may be as good or better than Julio Jones at this point. J.C., our freelance, uh, our freelance writer for the BigJReport.com, he told me, you know, over the weekend, he said, you know, we talked about Julio Jones being 32 now, traded to the Titans, and I said, yeah, he may have one more good year left. J.C. says, you, you well, and before I tell you what J.C. says, you know how Urban Meyer said that D.J. Chark is a, a big guy that plays small, and now D.J. has responded by putting on. I think about seven pounds of muscle bulk to go along with his tremendous speed. He has, But uh, J.C. told me, he said, he said, Julio, when we talked about his age of 32, J.C. said he may be 32, but at times he plays like he's 36. And J.C.'s an Alabama guy. And Julio went to Alabama. So the Titans, <laughs> the Titans are getting a guy that is he worth the money that he's going to make? Man, that's, that's that's hard for me to answer that question. We'll see how the season shakes out, but I like our three guys, DJ Shark, LaVisca Chenault, Marvin Jones. I like those three guys. Tennessee can have Julio. You know, Tennessee's always had wide receiver issues anyway. They've always had depth at – or I should say they've had lack of depth at wide receiver. That's always been a position they've had difficulty – um, you know, for except I think maybe a long time ago they had some some pretty good wide receivers, but they've traded for Julio. Julio, if he plays up to where he's played in the past, certainly he could be the best wide receiver in Titans history. But but now he's 32, and as you as you heard me tell you, J.C. says he's 32, but he might at times play like he's he's 36. And if you've ever had Julio Jones in fantasy football over the past, say. Two, three, four years—you'll know what I'm talking about. I mean, Julio. Every game is not a, a good or great game, you know. And of course, that can be said for you know most players uh, in the NFL. We're going to check out the uh, quarterback room now. Let's uh, take a look at the Jaguars roster here on the Teal Shirt Report uh, podcast, episode number thirty-seven. We're going to talk about Jake Luton and and all the quarterbacks. Let's let's start with Jake. He's not the number one guy. He's probably, man, Jake Luton right now is probably four string at best. Jake Luton going into his second year out of Oregon State put up some good numbers at Oregon State. He's a big tall guy, 6'6, 224 pounds. Last year, a couple of guys at sports radio uh, locally in North Florida said, man, he can really spin it. They may have something with Jake Luton out of the sixth round of the uh, 2020 draft. Well, Jake played some last year, played even. Pretty well, some of the time. Ran into the onslaught at Pittsburgh through four interceptions against Pittsburgh, and that was the last game he really, really played. So Jake Luton is probably around four string. A lot of people feel like I do that Luton, Tootin, Crouton, Luton will probably, Jake Luton will be start the season, my guess. We got to go through training camp, though. No telling what training camp will approve. But Jake Luton, for my money, he's probably going to be on the practice squad. I've been wrong before, and a lot of people have been wrong before. But Jake Luton's probably about four-string on the practice squad. Then you tr- you pick up this guy. I almost had traded for him. We didn't trade for him. You know, he he was available. You know, he had been released uh, by another NFL team. He was with the 49ers, C.J. Bethard, probably the third-string guy, a good third-string guy. Uh, he's um, – going into his fifth year out of Iowa. He's about 6'2", 215. Quarterback for the Jaguars, we're going to call him third stringer, maybe 2B at this point. He could move up to second if Minshew is traded. I hope Minshew's not traded. My feeling, I think I talked about during the last podcast, was, hey, why do you want to trade Minshew? You know, once the regular season starts, if a front-line starting quarterback goes down with another team, Then you've got Minshew kind of in your back pocket to either keep him as your backup or trade him. Why not get some value for him? You know, I'm thinking a third round pick or better, but most people around the league and even freelance writer, brother JC says, man, they're probably only going to get a fifth or sixth round pick for him. But once the season starts and somebody's frontline starter goes down, then what? then the offer might get a little bit better where you're getting a third round pick or higher dreams, right? You can dream. Um, But reality is Gardner Minshew is still on the roster and he's the backup quarterback. He's ahead of Beathard, you know, for my money. So Gardner Minshew, he's got a big following around town. people, People started wearing mustaches. Him and Sean Conn both have mustaches, don't they? So Gardner Minshew wears number 15. Wearing uh, Tim Tebow's old college number, right? And Tim Tebow's wearing 85 playing tight end or trying to play tight end. Tim Tebow's going to try to make the team in training camp, whether he's third or fourth string tight end or or H-back. We'll see. I'm pulling for Tim. I'm really pulling for Tim Tebow to make the team. His jersey's selling really, really good at this juncture. But, guard, you know, we got to mention Tim Tebow when we talk about the quarterback room. Tim might not actually get a seat in the quarterback room, but he's probably way on down the line, the fourth or fifth string emergency quarterback, if he makes a roster and he's active on a game day. So, Gardner Minshew's second string going into his third year out of Washington State. Gardner's about 6'1", 225. He's not as tall as some of the other guys in the quarterback room. wears number 15. Is a quarterback, 6'1", 225, 26 years of age, going into his third year. Now, the youngest kid is going to be the one that I think Brandon Linder, the center for the Jaguars, calls the kid. Uh, Trevor Lawrence sees his the other day I said, you know, what, what's Trevor? 22. And now I'm looking this thing up. He's 21. Man, he's a young kid. He wears number sixteen. I think he wears number sixteen because of Peyton Manning. I think he kind of likes Peyton Manning. Uh, he's a quarterback, six foot six, can run like a deer. Six six, two hundred and thirteen pounds. Uh, 21 years of age, rookie out of Clemson. So when we talk about Trevor Lawrence, why was he drafted number 1 overall? Well, he's probably the best prospect since in my opinion, since John Elway, the, the most clear-cut number 1. I mean, Peyton Manning, you can give an argument for Peyton, but you know Peyton and Ryan Leaf were like there was a lot of debate going on whether you know the, the teams picking high should should either grab Peyton Manning or Ryan Leaf. Um, the Colts excuse me, the Colts getting Peyton Manning turned out to be a, you know, a slam dunk and a home run. Right. So, but we talk about clear cut. Number ones. Peyton was not a clear cut. Number one, he was a number one overall. Um, and there's been guys since then. Andrew Luck, Andrew Luck was probably closer to a clear cut. Number one than Peyton. I think John Elway was probably the Biggest clear-cut number one of all time. You know, even though there were some other great quarterbacks in that draft, you know, like uh, Dan Marino and a few others. So, interesting. But Trevor Lawrence could be considered the top prospect uh, since John Elway going back to the early 1980s. Trevor Lawrence, again, six foot six, can run like a deer, 213 pounds. He's going to start. The reason why he's... Pick number one overall, uh, besides the fact he, you know, he's he got a really a good arm, can throw the ball on like a whistle, and um, he can run like a deer. He's won a national championship. He won the national championship when he was a freshman, first year out of the gate. So and I said right then, man, that kid's going to be a star in the NFL. And that was, I think I said that three years ago. And now here he is. He's with the Jaguars, a number one pick overall. All of these these dreams and and visions are are coming true with Trevor Lawrence and number one overall draft pick of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Now, one thing I will say is when there's no discussion about Trevor Lawrence, whether he's going to start or not, he's going to start from day one. Um when you look at the quarterback room last year Gardner Minshew included and and whoever else was in the quarterback room Cruton Luton you know and the rest of them the thing about it is Trevor Lawrence could make that 15 to 25 yard throw into a window better than anyone we had in the quarterback room last year NFL scouts were gushing last year they said you know he's at Clemson now you know during 2020 they said if he was in the NFL in 2020 he would be a top 10 NFL quarterback now he's gone through another year at clemson he had the you know the um what the sh- the shoulder was it shoulder surgery on his um, his left shoulder not his throwing shoulder and he's just about completely healed from that i would think he had a little you know hamstring tightness or whatever but that was you know purely minor stuff so There's nothing to hold Trevor back except for, you know, a a bad or major injury at this point. He's the number one quarterback. I think Gardner's number two unless he's traded. C.J. Beathard is three. If Gardner's traded, everybody will move up. But right now in the quarterback room, it's Trevor Lawrence easily number one. Hopefully a guy like Gardner Minshew will push Trevor to at least say, hey, Trevor, I'm here. You know, if I'm needed to play, I'll play. That would mean an injury to Trevor. But these other quarterbacks, I mean, they got to push Trevor too. Gardner Minshew could be a guy years from now that becomes a coach because, he's, he's, in my opinion, he's got a really good football IQ. And if he stays with the Jaguars, man, he's going to learn from one of the best in Urban Meyer, right, if he ever decides to become a coach in the future. Right now he wants to be an NFL quarterback. C.J. Beathard, third string in my mind. Four-string Jake Luton. He's not even going to be on the active roster. He'll be on the practice squad in case there's a couple of injuries to the, you know, to the one and two guy. Um, Tim Tebow, he's your emergency quarterback if he's active on game day. You know, Tim Tim may throw a tight end pass or two or an H-back pass or two occasionally. So that could get exciting. The stadium would erupt if Tim Tebow threw a complete pass or a touchdown pass or even – My gosh, catches a touchdown pass. If Tim Tebow catches a pass for a first down, the place will erupt. So that's what you got with Tim Tebow. Hometown kid from right here in Jacksonville, Florida. Um, You're listening to the Teal Shirt Report podcast. Hey, we got more coming up. Thank you for listening.
1: got is the big dog in the middle of the line George Bowen number 99 nose tackle Southern Steam you want to see a pack of pit bulls running after a quarterback come to any steam game in Jacksonville all right see y'all there i
0: tell you what as we uh, move back into episode 37 of the teal shirt report podcast to get more listened to and more listened to in as many as 34 states southern steam had a tough night up at, um, and they were up in coming Georgia and they lost, and this was an incredible facility they were playing at. It was kind of like, um, it was kind of like an open, open air indoor stadium. Everything was covered, you know, like a barn or, you know, like a amphitheater. It was all covered, but, but the sides were open air. You could see the, you know, you could see the road or, or the grass and, so it's kind of a. It was an It wasn't an arena, but it was a. It was an indoor field. It was under, you know, it was under a ceiling, but uh, it was kind of like an open indoor, an open air, indoor field, if you will. Southern Steam lost. So I got some reports that the officiating was kind of a little bit on the home cooking side for the Peach State Cats, up and coming Georgia, and um, also the Southern Steam did not have access to all of their all of their players. So there were some issues there up and coming, Georgia. And Pete State, there were nobody to mess around with. I mean, Pete State won the game. Pete State 64, Southern Steam 14. And I would just attribute this to a tough night for the Southern Steam, their next game. They will be back up and coming, Georgia, to play the Palmetto Colts uh, this coming week as they will be on the road for one more week. So the Southern Steam 5-1, and one, they will play uh, up in North Georgia against the Palmetto Colts, and I believe it's the same facility up in coming Georgia, is where they will play at uh, this week for for another team up in that uh, North Georgia area. Uh, we're going to take a look at some, some other area sports, North Florida Entertainment, as we do. And the Panhandle Crusaders, you know, sadly got knocked out of the playoffs. Uh, David Martin... Um, you know, reported all that to us. So quite interesting, by the way. Um, Taking a look at National Arena League action, the Jacksonville Sharks lost to the Orlando Predators, Orlando Predators 50-52, the Orlando Predators 52, the Jacksonville Sharks 41. Uh, Columbus, Georgia Lions look like they might have a pretty good team. The Columbus, Georgia Lions 49, the Jersey Flight 15, the final. You know, JC's up there, not not maybe an hour away from Columbus. He could go check out the Sharks. They played this week at the Columbus Georgia Lions, so that's going to be interesting. Columbus apparently has a has a pretty good team this year. The Columbus Georgia Lions forty nine, the Jersey Flight fifteen, more NAL action. The Albany Empire from up in New York, the Albany Empire eighty three, the Carolina Cobras fifty eight. Uh, the final score of that one. And again, and these games were played on Saturday night, June the 12th, this past uh, last Saturday night, back on June the 12th, EIF action. Southern steam lost to peach state, uh, the peach state cat 64, Southern steam 14, Southern steam still having a good season. They're five and one, they got Palmetto coming up this upcoming weeks up in North Georgia against the Palmetto Colts. So a tough night for the Southern steam. Semi-pro outdoor football in the uh, APDFL playoffs uh, from David Martin. He reported to us at the uh, BigJReport.com and, of course, to the Teal Shirt Report podcast. The Mississippi Dynasty apparently got a really good semi-pro football team, the Mississippi Dynasty 40, the Panhandle Crusaders Six. So also um, in some other semi-pro football action from last month, we just want to – we've talked about this game before, the FCFL championship game, the Broward Outlaws defeated Argyle last month during the month of May, Broward Outlaws 14, the Argyle Avengers 12. I tell you what, the Argyle Avengers have really a a top-notch operation for being semi-pro. They really do want to take my hat off to them. I want to go out and watch them play a game next year broward outlaws 14 the argyle avengers 12 the final score another team that's pretty cool the jacksonville spartans who they're an outdoor team but they played an indoor game against the southern steam you know several weeks ago you know at the ice and sports complex and they had over 20 of their guys come out and play indoor football um uh, really nice guys man uh, i'd like to go out and see them play too they play out in the uh, hilliard actually i've had some uh, conversations um, on, uh, Facebook and, and even when they came, um, to the ice and sports complex with their coach. So, you know, that's another team, but keep in mind the team that went further, further than the Jacksonville Spartans, or even the St. Augustine yellow jackets was the Argyle Avengers, but Argyle lost the championship game. The Broward outlaws 14, the Argyle Avengers 12, uh, the final score. Argyle did have a nice win. Last month on May 8th, before, you know, prior to that championship game, they defeated the Daytona Beach Broncos, Argyle Avengers 10, the Daytona Beach Broncos nothing. Again, the Argyle Avengers 10, the Daytona Beach Broncos nothing on Saturday night, May the 8th. But then, you know, a few weeks later, they lost the championship game, the Broward Outlaws, and this game was played down in South Florida. The Broward Outlaws 14, the Argyle Avengers 12. Uh, we're also going to join Alex Nunnery. Alex was at the uh, Jacksonville Sharks Orlando Predators game. Alex knows some of the players with the Predators and the Sharks. And uh, we're going to join Alex Nunnery and uh, get a report from the Shark Tank with Alex Nunnery tough loss uh, for the Jacksonville Sharks 52-41 to against the Orlando Predators. We kept waiting for something to happen And uh, the Sharks kept it close. And I said, man, Alex, they're only within four points. And then something had to happen. Orlando would score. Uh, D.J. Myers caught five touchdown passes. Uh, The quarterback, Hicks, I believe that's Brian Hicks, had a good game. It looks like a player that the quarterback for Orlando looks like he's improving. um, On The last time we saw him play was 2019, the year the Jacksonville Sharks Won the last championship in the National Arena League. The arena season last year was canceled for the National Arena League. Twenty twenty was canceled due to COVID, but they're now back playing this year. It's an eight game season, so since it's a short abbreviated season, these games are a lot more precious and mean more individually now. So Orlando gets off to one. Uh, well, Orlando still. Uh, I think Orlando's actually played more games. We'll take a look at the standings. Of the National Arena League coming up because I actually have uh, we actually have some standings in the uh, National Arena League too. We'll take a look at because I can't say that I can't really say they're one and zero because I believe Orlando had already played a game. This was the Sharks' first game, so I know they are zero and one. We will take a look. I've got uh, I know that Terry Gore, our Western. Georgia guy, Big J report contributor out of Western Georgia Terry Gore that kind of follows the uh, Columbus Georgia Lions. He had uh actually uh, from the NAL group, he had printed up the standings and here's what we got. The the uh the, the top team is is up in the New York area. Um the bottom team is from New Jersey and all the southern teams are in the middle. So the the Albany uh, the Albany team uh, from Albany, New York. The Albany Empire is 3-0, so they're pretty tough. Columbus, Georgia Lions are 2-1. The Carolina uh, the Carolina Cobras are 1-1. and Orlando Predators are 1-1, and so they had lost a game. The Jacksonville Sharks are 0-1, and the New Jersey Flight, the Jersey Flight is 0-3, so that's the standings uh, in the National Arena League. Uh, Real quickly, though, we're going to take a look at some uh, concerts coming up. I know a couple of shows The Jacksonville Symphony was held last Saturday. And uh, Tedeschi Trucks, right? Tedeschi Trucks, uh, their show was um, last Saturday back on June the 12th as well. Got some big uh, outdoor shows coming up. Really big outdoor shows coming up, by the way. Some stadium shows at the TAA Bank Field. So uh, let's take a look at, uh, you know, a couple of those big shows coming up. Molly Hatchett, you missed that one. That was back on May 28th last month. And uh, let's see. Let's pull up concerts that are coming up. Let's see. I know uh, Tedeschi Trucks was held last Saturday, so that one's already in the books um let's see some shows coming up shows that are now scheduled we told you molly hatchett was held back on may 28th at the uh, florida theater okay shows that are actually coming up on the schedule now green day with fallout boy and weezer on july 31st at 2021 at 5 30 p.m at tia bank field here in jacksonville florida uh here's another show motley Crue. this is a big one motley Crue and Def leopard and poison That's Motley Crue and Def Leppard with Poison at TIAA Bank Field in Jacksonville, Florida on Saturday, August the 7th of 2021 here in Jacksonville, Florida. That gets underway at 4.30 p.m. and will continue uh, throughout the evening and night on Saturday night, August the 7th. Elton John comes to Jacksonville next year in 2022, the Elton John the Elton John Goodbye Yellow Brick Road Farewell Tour in 2022 on April the 23rd of 2022 at the ViStar Veterans Memorial Arena uh, here in Jacksonville, Florida. So we're talking about all the, uh, you know, the semi-pro action, the arena league action. We gave you, you know, pretty much all the scores, you know, that we uh, do have, you know, as far as what's going on again, just kind of reviewing some of those scores. will also take you out to the arena where Alex was on Saturday night, jumbo shrimp, still pretty hot. They got rained out. They finally got cooled off by the rain. I think we got about close to two inches of rain anywhere around Jacksonville, even a little bit of, um, some areas, um, uh, had some flood issues, I think between Beaver street and, uh, the post office area downtown. Um, As we've still got rain in the forecast as we uh, do this podcast on Monday morning, uh, June 14th. Still about a 60% chance of rain in the forecast for the next uh, couple of days here. Not only from the weekend, but now here early in the week. So, the um, Jacksonville Jumbo Shrimp, man, having a good year. I know that uh, Jesus Sanchez hit his ninth home run the other day that's uh Jesus Sanchez and uh, they got rained out on Sunday but let's see they did win they did actually win on Saturday triple a baseball triple a baseball the jumbo shrimp man they keep winning don't they they sure do let's take a look at uh, I do have some uh reports on some of their, you know, their latest scores coming up. And we do put them, the majority of the scores do go up on the website at uh, bigjreport.com. They were rained out on the 13th on Sunday. with All that rain we had in Jacksonville, at least two inches. And uh, let's go back and uh, take a look at uh, Saturday. The Jumbo Shrimp did play Saturday. And they beat Norfolk 8-7. to seven. That's exactly right, and that was uh, that was a game that Jesus Sanchez slammed his ninth home run of the year, and Alex Nunnery said it was a long one. I mean, I think it was a 450-foot blast or, or longer. Maybe it's still going. Uh, that was Jesus Sanchez's ninth home run of the year. I don't know if he makes it through the entire season with the jumbo shrimp. I, I think he's going to be in the major leagues by by at least by next year. Pretty good player. Jumbo Shrimp defeated the Norfolk Tides. Jacksonville Jumbo Shrimp, eight. The Norfolk Tides, seven. Um, And that was the game that was actually played on Saturday, uh, June the 12th. Jacksonville Jumbo Shrimp now are 21 and 14. We're going to check in with Alex Nunnery. Alex went to the Jacksonville Sharks and Orlando Predators game. Um, The Predators won the game the orlando predators won the game 52 to 41. brian hicks the quarterback for orlando had a good game dj myers made one heck of a catch i saw the picture of this one catch he made he had a great game orlando predators wide receiver dj myers had five touchdown catches on the night let's now join alex nunnery and get some reports and interviews after the game with alex nunnery he was at the vice veterans memorial arena and had a chance to talk to some players right after right after the orlando predators defeated the jacksonville sharks the orlando predators 52 the jacksonville sharks 41 the sharks 0-1-1 as they played their first nal national arena league game on the 2021 season the sharks are the the defending 2019 National Arena League champions. Let's now join Alex Nunry and get some reports and interviews after the Sharks' disappointing loss to Orlando, Orlando 52, the Jacksonville Sharks 41. Uh, here now is Alex Nunry. Alex.
1: Congrats to the USF Bulls baseball team on advancing to the school's first-ever Super Regionals last night. Orion Kerkering. They're closer. From Venice High School. With four and a third, really good inning. The Bulls are led by head coach Billy Mole. Also by right fielder Daniel Cantu from Greekside High School. And Matt Holmes from Providence High School. Congrats to South Alabama Jaguars on a terrific season. Unfortunately, their season ended in a loss and they Gainesville Regional last night. The Jaguars, they're led by one of the best head coaches in the country in Mark Calvi. They're also led by one of the best outfielders in the country and a potential first-round draft pick in Ethan Wilson. Also by Andy Arguelles. Arguelles' father, the man that scouted Alex Rodriguez out of high school. Congrats to the Tennessee Volunteers baseball team on advancing to the Super Regional. The Volunteers are led by head coach Tony Vitello. And by second baseman and Jacksonville Bulls High School alumni, Max Ferguson. The Volunteers will face LSU and the Super Regionals. Some very big news today around the National Arena League as one of the best linebackerslash defensive ends in the National Arena League. Matt Wells has retired. Matt, a very good friend, and listener of this Teal Shirt Report podcast. He hails from the Tampa area. He's going to be a terrific coach wherever he decides to coach at. He's a very good friend of everyone that he meets as well. The Jacksonville. Jumbo Shrimp won again
0: the shrimp
1: defeated the Norfolk Tides six to four last night. Bryson Brigman for the shrimp two doubles a triple and two RBIs last night Justin twine with a home run for the shrimp. Former Missouri Tiger, Rob. Yes, Trenzy. With two and two-thirds innings pitched. And seven strikeouts. And former USF Bull, Tommy Eveld Got the save for the jumbo. The jumbo shrimp. They are led by one of the best hitters in minor league baseball, Jesus Sanchez. The shrimp, their backup catcher, former LSU Tiger and Gulliver Prep High School from Miami. Chris The Jumbo Shrimp, their pitcher, relief pitcher Alexander Guillen. He's a righty from San Cristobal, Dominican Republic. Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. And welcome to the Teal Shirt Report Podcast. My name is Alex Nunnery. It's game day as you're defending NAL champion Jacksonville Sharks. Take on The Orlando Predators tonight at 7 p.m. at the Shark Tank of Jacksonville, Florida. I will be at that game and we will be covering it for the BigJReport.com and this Teal Shirt Report podcast. The Southern Steam of the Elite Indoor Football, Jacksonville's professional elite indoor football team, the Southern Steam. They are on their road this weekend. They are in Cumming, Georgia, as they will play at the Peach State Cup. Good luck to this team this weekend. All right, we're here with DJ Myers of the Orlando Predators. A nice win for the Predators. He's from Midwestern State University. Five touchdowns and one interception. How did you all play tonight, DJ? We executed in all phases. We knew coming in here it was going to be a hostile environment, and we all knew we just had to do our job. Once we do our all job, the rest takes care of itself. Yes, sir. How was that win against one of the best teams in the NAL? We needed it. We had a hard week. We we felt like we, we, we let one slip away last week, so we were coming back in here with a vengeance. We wanted to let them know that we're for real and we're coming for the rest of the season. Yes, sir. Good luck. Thank you, buddy. All right, we're here with the Orlando Predators head coach, Ben Bennett. A nice win for Orlando, 52 to 41. How did y'all play tonight, Coach? Well, we, we still made a lot of mistakes, but we did a lot of the things that we're supposed to do and, and what we've been telling our guys all along is if you get after their
0: quarterback, you protect your quarterback and you win the turnover battle, you got a chance to win the ball game. And I think we did
1: we, we stuck to that pretty closely. So we we forced them to turn it over a little bit, we got around them some and so we were good to go. Yes, sir, it was a nice win for y'all. Good luck who do y'all play next? Good Albany. All right. Good luck in Salmony. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. The Jacksonville Sharks lost 52 to 41 against the Orlando Predators. The Predators, they're owned by one of the best owners in the business, Nate Starling. Congrats. to to the Orlando Predators on a terrific win. What a NAL debut for Jordan Williams for the Jacksonville Sharks. Five touchdowns for Jordan Williams. He played his college football at Liberty University. Gregory Phillips from Purdue University had a really good game for the Jacksonville Sharks as well, as well as Keron Jones and Ken Walton the second the Orlando Predators head coach Ben Bennett is an arena football league hall of fame quarterback Ben actually played for your Jacksonville Bulls for a little bit he played his college football at Duke his offensive coordinator at Duke was Steve Burr, yeah.
0: Alex Nunnery, Alex Nunnery, thank you for the fine reports here on the Teal Shirt Report Podcast. Thank you, Alex. Alex Nunnery, a BigJReport.com uh, sports reporter and does interviews and reports with the Teal Shirt Report Podcast as well. Thank you, Alex. He had a chance to talk to Ben Bennett. I remember ben bennett as i understand played quarterback in college at duke and actually played for steve spurrier when steve spurrier played at duke or i should say when steve spurrier coached at duke uh, steve spurrier one time was the head football coach the head ball coach at duke before he became the florida gator head coach and ben bennett uh played for coach spurrier that would have been back in the um that would have been back in the 1980s as well so so again, um, good interview that Alex had with Ben Bennett, uh, former Duke quarterback, played for uh, Coach Steve Spurrier, and uh, Ben Bennett's been around the the indoor and arena football game for uh, the arena and indoor uh, football uh, game, if you will, for quite a number of years, and now he's the head coach of the Orlando. Predators and the Predators had a big win 52 to 41 over the Jacksonville Sharks at the Star Veterans Memorial Arena. Uh, that was this past Saturday night, last Saturday night back on June the 12th. We appreciate the reports and interviews with Alex Nunry. Alex gave me even more reports than I thought we were going to get. Man, we got some some uh, college baseball reports mixed in there along with, uh, you know, arena football, some mentions of the Southern's team from the elite indoor football league as well. So you get Jacksonville Jaguars news and information, our commentary and thoughts on the Jacksonville Jaguars, uh, North Florida entertainment and other area sports as well. So Alex, uh, thank you for those fine reports, uh, on college baseball, arena football, indoor football, um, College baseball. Thank you so much for those reports. Alex Nunnery. Alex Nunnery is also um, one of our producers of the of the of the Teal Report podcast. The Till Shirt Report podcast is produced by Alex Nunnery and also by uh, JC, our com. Uh, freelance writer as well. So, thank you for listening to episode 37. This is season number two and episode number 37 of the Teal Shirt Report podcast. We're listened to in as many as 34 states now. We're also internationally and in, in worldwide in a lot of places uh, Northern Ireland, the UK, Newport, Wales area. Andy Powers, hello to you. We're listened to in Georgia and Alabama. Of course, our, you know, our biggest listenership is all over the state of Florida, but we're listened to in the state of Ohio where urban Meyer used to be the head coach at Ohio state. A lot of listeners in the state of Washington, uh, Colorado. And again, in as many as 34 states, we're listening, we've been listened to in as many as 34 states in the Teal Shirt with the Teal Shirt Report podcast. Uh, We're listened to uh, worldwide and internationally in Hong Kong, Hey guys, we're also listened to, and again, the UK, uh, Northern Ireland, uh, Montreal, Canada. That's right, Quebec. In fact, uh, the west coast of Canada. We got some listeners, and not only the east coast around uh, Quebec, but we got some some folks listening in the western side of canada as well as well as uh, france puerto rico and, and many other places across the world and again in as many as 34 states nationwide in the united states thank you for listening to this episode episode 37 of the teal shirt report podcast again thank you for listening my name is scott and i'm out we'll talk to you again real soon